that uh, we, we got until the Anshakhtes Hagadola. And the Anshakhtes Hagadola were, um, uh, were a group, but they weren't a cohesive group. In other words, they rotated, not rotated, but as certain members passed away, other members came to replace them. So there were 120 members in the Anshakhtes Hagadola all together, but the, the period of the Anshakhtes Hagadola lasted for about 200 years, okay? Um, uh, and there were people uh, who might have lived that long, according to, uh, I said according to the Gemara, Menachas Mordechai was one of the people who lived for that long, even longer, but um, most likely they didn't live for that long, and they were, they were replaced over a period of time. And uh, uh, they structured, they gave us a skeleton of the structure of the tefillos. Okay, for example, they said, because Krishna, you have to have two brachos before Krishna, and one following Krishna in the morning, and two following Krishna in the evening. Okay? And the bracha, the first bracha of, of uh, preceding Krishna um, uh, in the morning has to have the following two elements. Has to discuss light and light and darkness. Hakadosh Baruch Hu is creating light and darkness. Okay, and it has to include the kedusha of the malachim. Has to refer to the kedusha of the malachim. Those are two main elements in uh, in the first bracha. The second bracha has to has to the subject matter of the second bracha must be the Torah, and it must be formulated in terms of love. In terms of the love that Akash Borhu has for the Jewish people, which is manifest through the giving of the Torah. That is the subject matter of the second bracha. And we went through it last week, the subject matter of the bracha following uh, uh, Kriya Shema, etc., etc. That's what they left us with. However, the content or the words which express those ideas were left up to the chazan. So, for many, many centuries, the Chazanim would create their own tefillos, which included those ideas, those very general ideas, but they weren't done in exactly the same way. Now, over a period of time, it's possible that certain Chazanim were very influential, and they created a standard and that standard was followed, for example, if there was a village. And the village really did not have either the money or the population for a chazan, for a real chazan who could create nice tefillos, okay? So what would they do? They would use the standard tefillah. There was a standard tefillah which basically covered all the bases, okay? And it was fairly, it was in prose, it was not in poetry, Okay, and, um, and this was followed in, in general. Also, I imagine during the weekdays, most chazanim, uh, most people were in a hurry. They had to get out. They had to do world work. They all, 99.999% uh, of the people at that time were working. The males were working. And they had to, they had to finish chakras fairly quickly in order to uh, go about their business. Okay. Um, uh, there were very, very few people who were not working, who were supported by the community. 
and um, and so uh, uh, in in order to accomplish that, they had the standard tefillah, which was used by all, all the chazanim uh, during uh, primarily during the weekdays. Okay, and imagine even on Shabbos if a minion got together in a village where they didn't have a chazan, I imagine they would have more or less a standard tefillah. Okay, more or less a standard tefillah, and this was used. Okay. So, um, however, sometimes there was a chazan who either was very proficient or thought that he was very proficient, believed himself to be very proficient in composing tefillos, okay? It wasn't so much composing music. We'll get into music some other time. Um, probably next week, if it's on Monday. But, um, uh, but uh, proficient at composing the words of tefillos. Uh, words that would be proper, words that would be acceptable, okay? And, um, and, and then they, they uh, composed those tefillos, and they used them, and very often they were followed. People would say, hey, that's a very nice tefillah. I think we should adopt that. So the tefillah was very, very fluid during the time of the second base of Mikdash, and even afterwards, when tefillah became the primary mode of communication of Bnei Yisrael with HaKadosh Baruch Hu, the primary, the only mode of communication, because Karbanos were gone, okay? And the Chachamim taught that the tefillah was instead of the Karbanos, okay? And it supplanted the Karbanos. Actually, there are Midrashim that tefillah was even better than Karbanos, okay? And so what happened was that tefillah became a very, very central aspect of people's worship uh, of HaKadosh Baruch Hu, and um, uh, as a result of that, more and more tefillos became popularized and some became standardized, okay? But we have a lot of evidence, a lot of evidence of these special tefillos, which were either composed for a certain specific occasion and later on were adopted, okay? Or um, certain people who went out on their own and started composing tefillos on their own, okay? So, for example, in the Mishnah Brochus says, uh, also uh, in, in Megillah, HaOmer al yagiu rachamecha va'altov Anybody who says, al yagiu rachamecha, God, you're so merciful, even you have mercy on the birds, right? And you made sure that when a person wants to take the young birds or the eggs, that he should send away the mother, okay? You were so merciful for the birds, please have mercy on us and feed us and uh, give us sustenance, okay? Sounds like a nice tefillah, right? But the Mishnah says, Mishatkin also, we tell him, eh, 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 sir, you're out of bounds, forget it, can't do it, right? So the rabbi would give a knock and he would say, eh, eh, you cannot do this, okay? And alternatively, another example was a person who said, modim, modim. Okay, modim um, modim. Uh, he said modim modim twice modim. Okay, by the way, Rav Schwab once. I, I don't know if it's in his safer or not, because I, I heard of him. <coughs> he gave a beautiful beautiful drasha on modim modim. What modim modim means and why anybody got it into his head to say modim modim. Okay, nobody said atachon 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 or atachon atachon. Nobody said that twice. Nobody even said rofaenu twice. I imagine there were people who had people who were sick at home and would be inclined to say Rufa'inu twice. No, no, no. 
The other thing we find is modim modim. I don't know if it's in the um, I don't know if it's in the safer. It's not because, uh, um, but I heard it from him personally. Okay, but um, I'm I'm not uh, I, I'm not going to repeat it here. I'm not going to repeat it, huh? Why? You know what? Okay, I'll tell you what. I'll tell you. Uh, fine. Uh, very briefly, his answer was that to this day we say modim modim. Okay, so just first of all, hold the thought about modim modim. Okay, I'll digress and I'll tell you what Rav Shlomo said. Okay, but um, uh, then and then we'll go back to modim modim. Okay, so Rav Shlomo answered very simply. He said to this day we do say modim modim. Right, we say modim. The Chazan says a modim, and the Kehila says a different version of modim. Right. Okay, so we do say modim modim. What's what's going on? And he asked. <coughs> he asked further. He said, the Gemara said, when the Chazan says modim, what should the Kohol say? Okay, the Gemara never asked when the Chazan is saying atachonen. What should the Kohol say? When the Chazan is saying you believe Rishalayim Yerko, what should the Kohol say? There was no expectation that the Kohol should say anything except for Amen. Okay. Because the Chazan was motzi everybody in those days. The Chazan was motzi everybody. Why should the call mumble anything under their breath while the Chazan was saying modim? Right? So he answered that there, there's a great difference between the first modim and the second. The first modim that is recited by the Chazan, recited by all of us in the quiet shwaras, right? That modim is thank you, Akadish Morku, for all the goodness you've bestowed upon us. Okay? Straightforward. The second modim is modim alsha nachnu modim lach. Modim, thank you, Hakadosh Baruch Hu, for the ability to thank you. For the ability to thank you. In other words, that it's it's kind of redundant because you can do that all day long, okay? But for the ability that we, Hakadosh Baruch Hu gave us, the opportunity that Hakadosh Baruch Hu gave us to thank Him, okay? That in itself requires a modim. Okay, and that idea cannot be included within the first modim, so it has to be a second modim, and that's why the person was inclined in the Mishnah, the person or the person who was said in the Mishnah uh, was inclined to say modim twice, modim once for all the goodness, modim twice for the opportunity to thank Hakadosh Baruch Hu. Okay, uh, that's what he said in brief. He uh, it was a, a rather long drasha, but that's what he said in brief. Anyhow, the question is. Why would it enter anybody's mind to say, What kind of is this? Just sticking something, right? I mean, you try it. You're a chazan, right? Good, try it. Try sticking an extra word, right? Everybody will jump down your throat, right? Because they'll say, hey, 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 it's not, not, not in the liturgy, right? Or another, uh, another case in the Gemara where it says, The guy started saying, etc., etc., and the Rav uh, castigated him. He said, excuse me, now, are you done? Are you all finished with all the Shavachim of HaKadosh Baruch Hu? Siyamtinu l'kulu Have you completed all the to extol HaKadosh Baruch Hu? In other words, he, he, he went on and on, extolling HaKadosh Baruch Hu, saying wonderful things about HaKadosh Baruch Hu. Right? You would think that it would be complimented. Wow, that was that was really great. That was that was that was fantastic. That was beautiful. You know, he said such beautiful things about a Baruch Hu. and the Rav said to him, "No, you're not allowed to do that." 
Okay? So then the Gemara asks, how do we say Hokel HaGodol HaGibor Noro? Reason is because Moshe Rabbeinu used those words. Hokel HaGodol HaGibor Noro. That's it. He used three words, three adjectives to describe HaKadosh Baruch That's it. Okay? And that's all we're allowed to use. We're not allowed to add on any adjectives about HaKadosh Baruch But my point is that somebody at some point or other had an idea that he was going to add adjectives. Okay? Somebody had an idea who's going to, he's going to add Al-Kansipor. Why? How? The answer is because the tefillos at that time were very, very fluid. The tefillos at that time were created so that people can add their own ideas in. And very often they were accepted and very often they were adopted. Okay, in these particular cases that are noted in the Gemara, they were not adopted and they were actually castigated for having tried that. Okay, but I imagine there were other Chazonim who put in other their own words and they were perfectly acceptable and sometimes even adopted. Okay, um, uh, uh, for example, um, uh, we have a different bracha on on uh, the weekday and on Shabbos. Okay, believe it or not, the bracha of Hamarivarovim is standard, right? We say Hamarivarovim every day of the year, including Shabbos, including Yontif, including Yom Kippur, right? Every day. It's exactly the same. Right? You think so? I have here a photocopy, I'll pass it around, okay? Um, of the. Um, Hamar Varovim, which is recited to this day in a few Kehillos that still keep Minig Italia, the Italian Minig, the original Roman Minig. Okay? Baruch HaToshem Lokeda Bechalom, Asher Kilo Masa Bayom HaShvi'i, Vayikro'ehu Shabbos Kodesh, Me'erev Aderev, Unesano Menucha La'amo Yisrael B'Kedusha So, Boryom Volala Gololam Epnei Choshev Choshech Mepnei Or. Etc., etc. Etc., etc. Okay? A special edition, A-D-D-I-T-I-O, edition for Shabbos alone. Okay? Different bracha for Shabbos. Okay? Why? This is a very old bracha. This was a bracha that one chazan decided to add many, many, many centuries ago. And it was included with now the standard filo in all the shuls, all the shuls. That follow Minagroma. The problem is there are very few shuls today that follow like Minagroma. Huh? There's like three left. Yeah, right, exactly. Well, there are a few left in Italy still, and uh, two or three left in Italy, and one in, in Yerushalayim. In Yerushalayim, there's actually a, a community that follows Minagroma. But it's very, 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 very rare, obviously. But my point is, my point is that this was included. Anybody know another case where we add, we change the bracha? A standard bracha, a standard bracha, run of the mill bracha, like Friday night. Mar. Oh, I'll get into that in a minute. Yeah. Yeah. On. 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 Yom Kippur. Only Yom Kippur. Also on Shabbos. The the first bracha. We have. We say. Kelodov. Yeah. I'll get into that in a minute. That's a piyut. Oh, it is a piyut. Yeah, but that's okay. So, so is everything else. Yeah. In other words. 
essentially what happened was that the people started adding. So we're going to have to distinguish in a moment. We're going to distinguish between so so what's a peel, what's not a peel. Okay, I don't know. It's not a piece. It's not, it, it was an addition. Okay, but it's also well, it, it's different enough so that it might be considered a piece. Okay. Okay. So so um, uh, yeah, that's a, an addition, a special addition for Yom Kippur only. Only time of the year we ever say that, okay? So yeah, that that's true. So um, and, and there were, by the way, there were similar piyutim, okay, added for every day of the work, every day of the week. I have I have I I, I found over here, um, uh, I um, uh, we say on on Shabbos, right? Um, that's a special addition for Shabbos, okay? Now, you'd say it's not a piyut, because it's more like prose than poetry, okay? And that's really the distinction between what we feel is a piyut and what we feel is not a piyut, okay? If it's written in the form of poetry, okay? And in a moment we'll get into that, then it looks like a piyut, it's more clearly and undeniably a piyut. However, if it's written in the form of prose, then maybe it's not a piyut. Okay? But the, the fact is that they were all added at the same time. They were all done at the same time. Some of them, the Chazanim wanted to do it in the form of piyut, in the form of poetry. Okay? And we'll see in a moment what defines that. And some Chazanim didn't. Some Chazanim wanted to leave it as prose. So, where do we have it as prose? We have But I want to tell you, in the Geniza, it was found prose like this for every day of the week. Okay? I, I happened to pick Thursday. Okay? Yom Chamishi. Okay? Dogim v'olfos v'gam taninim hotzimi beten eres v'himdito behemo remusim v'chayos. Elo masi yom chamishi shebo nivru shorotza yamim. Sound familiar? Okay. Hey, it's Thursday. You got to say it, right? Why did they cut it out? Um, the acronym say... What's that? Someone Okay, now, Kiel Odon, everybody knows is a piyut. Why is it a piyut? Because it, it doesn't rhyme, right? Does not rhyme, okay? But it does have an acrostic, olive base, okay? Has an acrostic of olive base. It has a similar number of words in each, in each line, okay? 
Okay, um, four or five words in each line. Okay, and so that makes it more poetry than prose. Okay, uh, and and uh, and and that that's what makes it. The early piyutim were like that. They all they had acrostics, and they had a certain uh, uniformity of the number of words in each line that gave it a little bit of a meter. It's also shuckle. It's, uh, yeah. it's made well, that, a shuckle, a meter. Yeah, yeah. Made, which is made, makes it possible to sing it. Because, right, exactly. Because it follows, it, it, it follows beautiful, a, it excellent. Right, right. If, yeah. if, it's, if it's prose, it's very difficult to sing. Okay? But does anybody have an example of another prose piyut? A piyut which was really prose. It was added on, okay? Not part of the original. Actually, not even required to say it. Okay? But it's a tefillah, right? What? Yeah, that's true. That's true. Yeah, that we say every day of the week, right? That's correct. Absolutely. Um, I was looking for something a little more, a little less common. Okay? It's called Tekiyosa Devei Rav, the Tekiyah of Rav, which is, today we have it as Atazocher. Which is the introduction to, um, well, part of the introduction to Zichronos. Okay? Yeah, that is part of the Tekiyot Rab. That was part of a period which was added during the time of the, after the destruction of the Beis HaMikdash, but before the, before the Gemara was written. Or maybe at the time of Rab. Rab was one of the first Emoroim that, that, that lived. Uh, he was a stu- uh, Rav was a Talmud of Rebbe. Rav learned by Rebbe. Okay, yeah, it says Rav sat before Rebbe. Okay, um, he was a nephew of Rav Chia. Okay, um, and so uh, uh, yeah, and that that was called Kiosk of the Rav. Okay, so those are examples of early piyutim that were written, some in prose, some in poetry. Okay, or some more prosaic. And some more like poetry that we get the feeling that they're poetry. Okay, um, uh, yeah. So that was those. Those were. Now I want to tell you something about Keladon that you may not know. Um, and and I always try to show that. I mean, I, I try to show it, but I'm not capable of showing it because I don't know enough. But the Piyutim have another level. Of understanding, and that's Avdera Chasod. Okay, a lot of piyut. I showed in my sefer in in the piyut of Purim, uh, etc. But I'm sure it exists in a lot of other piyut that I haven't discovered it for. Okay, Heinheim has it on me once in a while. He goes, all these are names Shemos Malachim. All these are right, right, uh, right, right. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, so yeah, that that's true. But then that's very clear that it's Aldera Chasod. Mm-hmm. I'm talking about something that could be read as poetry, very, very simple, okay? No problem. You know, you read it and you say, yeah, 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 sure, no problem, right? And you just go over it and, uh, and, and you go on, right? And you don't recognize that there's something hiding underneath the surface over here, okay? What is it? Um, even in, in, in Keladon, okay? In Keladon. We say the last line is Shevach Nosnim Lo Kolt Savob Morom. Okay? Shevach Nosnim Lo Kolt Savob Morom. So we extol HaKadosh Baruch Hu for the beautiful 
Kel Odom, it doesn't talk about, by the way, Kel Odom does not talk about Shabbos. The words Kel Odom, the period of Kel Odom itself does not talk about Shabbos. Until you get to the following section, right? Then Kel Odom itself does not talk about Shabbos, it talks about nature. Actually, it talks about the celestial bodies. That's what it talks about, okay? Shevach Nostin Lo Kotsavamoro. That is the last, the uh, second last line of of um, of, uh, of of the of the Kelodim, uh, right? The first letter of each one of those words refers to a different planet. Okay, so the ancients had seven movable bodies in space. Okay. And in the in the well in the Gemara they're referred to as Shitsam Chanchal. Okay? Shitsam Chanchal. Shitsam Chanchal in, in the order that it's referred to in the Gemara is Shin is Shabsoi, that's Saturn. Okay? Tzadik is uh Tzedek, okay, that's Jupiter. Mem is Madim, that's Mars, okay? Ches is Chamo. Nun is no obviously the sun, right? Nun is Noga, which is Venus, okay? Kof is Kochov, which is Mercury, okay? And Lamed is Lavona, the moon, okay? Those are seven movable stars, okay? There's seven stars that move in, 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 the, in, in, in the firmament, okay? The rest of the stars, they knew were fixed. They knew that, okay? But these seven are movable, Okay. Obviously, today the, uh, this is based off of 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 of, uh, of uh, 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 heliocentric system, with this where uh, I'm sorry, an earth-centric system, where the earth, where everything in the solar system revolves around the earth. Okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, today we know that there's a heliocentric system, which everything revolves around the sun. And okay, fine. But nevertheless, they knew there were seven movable planets, and Shevach is Shin for Shabsoi for Saturn. Okay, um, Nostim Nun is Noga, right? Lo Lamed Lavono. Okay, Kaf Kol is Kochav, right? Tzva Tzadik is Tzedek is Jupiter. Okay, Morom is Mem Madim Mars. Okay, what's missing? What's missing is the Sun. Okay, the Sun is missing, and the reason the Sun is missing because the Sun is called Tiferes. Okay, I'll give you a very, very, very small portal into this whole concept of the sun as Tiferes. Yaakov Avinu said to Yosef, Yosef had a dream, right? Right? The sun and the moon and 11 stars were, uh, were bowing down to me, okay? And Yaakov Avinu said, Will I and your mother and your brothers come to bow down before you? So therefore Yaakov Avinu referred to himself as the sun. Okay? In other words, in Yosef's dream, it was the sun. What's Yaakov's midah? Yaakov's midah is Tiferes. We say it on Hashanah Rabbah. Okay? So, um, uh, Yaakov's Midah is Tiferes. That's Yaakov Avinu. So, when it says, Shevach Nostim Lo Kol Tzavah Morom Tiferes, 
Tiferes means sun. And it's unbelievable because this piyut was written hundreds of years before the Zohar was promulgated, was, was known. Okay? Um, the ideas of the Zohar might have been known to a few people in that time, but certainly it wasn't popularly known. Okay? And nevertheless, it was, probably, it was, it was, uh, it was, it was publicized that these seven were the stars and that Tiferes referred to the sun. It's unbelievable. It's unbelievable. But this, these are kind of the ideas that are going on in the Piyutim, which we're not even aware of, which we'll just say, and we don't even understand, I, I, at least I certainly don't understand all of them, and, but every so often I get a glimpse, and when you get a glimpse, then you say, wow, there must be a whole other world over here in these Piyutim that I'm just not aware of or I'm ignoring. Okay, so... Um, uh, um, uh, the, the many piyutim became part of the liturgy, became mamish part of the liturgy. For example, ashamnu mikalam. We say it when we say slichas, uh, you know, before uh, before uh, before Hashanah and between Hashanah and Kippur. We say ashamnu mikalam. We had a long ashamnu bosu mikodar masos. That's a very 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 old piyut. Okay, that is ashamnu um, is older. And then somebody decided to add in to intersperse within Oshamnu or um, within the three times we, we, we recite Oshamnu, within that time somebody uh, decided to intersperse those, um, those words, Oshamnu Mikalom. Or um, there's another period called Anche Emuna Avadu. We don't say it in our show. We do not say it in our show. Anche Emuna Avadu, Boyem Bukov Masem. We do. We, we, do? we do? When? First be it first day, Sunday. Oh, right. Right, exactly. You're right. First day, Sunday. Very, very old piyot, okay? What is it? Goes according to Aleph phase, okay? It goes according to Aleph phase, um, and it's uh, uh, three words per line, right? It's a piyot, okay, but it's very, 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 very ancient, Okay, it's probably the most ancient piyut that we say. Okay, um, uh, and in the Sephardic, um, in, in, in by the Sephardim, they say it every time they say Tachanun, they say Asher Munavadu. Okay, uh, Minik Poland says it in Beis Hebeis, on Hey, on you know, Hamishi, they say Asher Munavadu. But it's a very, very old piyut, and it doesn't rhyme. It doesn't rhyme. It's one of the uh, one of the only slichas that we say that don't rhyme. Okay, and yeah, that is a very, very ancient period, Anshay Munavadu. Okay, now, so now we come to kind of the beginning of the time that the Gemara was written, the Talmud was written. And we know that there were two centers of Judaism in those years there was Babel and there was Eretz Yisrael. Okay. Bavel was very highly structured, highly organized, both as a community and in terms of the yeshivas, in terms of the rabbonim, in terms of pretty much everything there was. It was headed by Reish Galusa, who had extraordinary powers, okay? And it was then under him were, well, under him, I'm not sure, leave it alone, but at least parallel to him, were the Gaonim, the people who, the Rosh Yeshiva, the people who headed the Yeshiva. They weren't called Gaon yet, okay? In the time of the Gomorrah, they were not called Gaon, 
okay? But they were the major um, uh, decisors of any halakhic question. The, the Rabbanim of Surah and the Rabbanim of Pompadisa. Those were the two major yeshivas that existed. And, um, and, and, the, and the structure of life in Babel was very, very clear. And the tefillos were also very, very clear. They had structured tefillos more so than in Eretz Yisrael. Eretz Yisrael, life was much less structured, much, much less. And, for example, in Eretz Yisrael, and the Minhagim differed. The Minhagim started differing. For example, in Eretz Yisrael, most famously, they finished the Torah in three years. That's brought down in the Gemara Megillah, in Tawad Bavli, in Megillah. It says, they, those guys, in Eretz Yisrael, they finished it in three years, okay? Because Tawad Bavli was obviously written in Bavel, okay? And, uh, and, uh, and, and they refer to Eretz Yisrael as Lahu, for them, okay? Every time you see Hollah and Vahalahu, that's what it means, okay? So in Eretz Yisrael, they finished the Torah every three years, okay? In Bavel, the Torah was finished every year. They had regular Simchas Torah, Okay? And that was the source of many, many distinctions and differences in the tefillos. Obviously, in Babel, the tefillos could not be so long, okay? Because Shabbos was Shabbos, and people had to go back, and people had to eat with their families, okay? People had to learn also a little bit on Shabbos, okay? They wanted to leave time for all that, and if leaning was three times as long, then they wouldn't have time for that. Obviously, they had to say Targum, all right? The Metargim did function both in Bavel and in Eretz Yisrael, translating the Torah into Aramaic, okay? which is the source of our Targumunculus. Okay? And, uh, but in, in addition to that, they did not have that much time for davening. Okay? In Eretz Yisrael, they had much more time for davening. All right? Probably they had did. a lot more putin for Shabbos also. Yes, yeah, so we'll get to that in a minute. Worked. Three yeah. times as many, three, yeah, t- three weeks. Pasha, Pasha. Pasha. Pasha broke it down much more. She so had more things to say about various different Shabbos. Um, yeah, 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 they did, they did, they did, they did. Yeah, and I'll get into that in, in uh, oh, and I don't know if I'll get into that today, but soon in next week. So, um, uh, yeah, the, the, uh, the, um, let me see where I am. Here I am. Okay. So, uh, for example, uh, and the tefillos started diverging. The tefillos started diverging. Okay? Now, before you mentioned Friday night, did you mention that Friday night? I did. Huh? Yeah. Okay? So, Minig Bavel, Minig Bavel, which is our standard, okay? That's our Avos. That's the way we start our bracha uh, every single time, every day of the year. Okay? Shabbos, Yotaf, Roshem, Yom Kippur, it doesn't matter, right? Every day of the year we start our bracha like that. Well, in Eretz Yisrael, okay, they had Kelelion. That's the way they had their bracha, much shorter and different, okay? And uh, that is still retained on Friday night by us. In other words, when we say the 
I would say the quasi Chazor Sashats on Friday night, okay, which was added simply because the davening is fairly short and we wanted to allow people to finish davening and they wouldn't be stuck out in the fields. We had this last time. Uh, during uh, for for Myrav, after Myrav. So therefore, they lengthened a little bit. They introduced the Chazor Shashats on Shabbos. Okay? Ke'ilu Chazor Shashats. Not a real Chazor Shashats. Brocha Achas Ben Sheva. One Brocha, which corresponds to the seven Brochas which we normally say on Shabbos. Okay? And that Brocha, the Kele Yom Konei Shemayim Voretz, instead of Kele Yom Gomer Chasadim Tovim Ukanei Atrovus Gechaz Devos, etc., etc., that was Minig Eretz Yisrael. I'll give you another example. Simi Shalom and Shalom Rav. Simi Shalom Minig Bavel. Shalom Rav, Minig Eretz Yisrael. So what did they do? They made a compromise. Sim Shalom was used in the morning. And every time we have Birkas Kohanim. Why? Because in Sim Shalom, uh, it refers to Ponecha. Okay, Twice. Okay, it says the word panecha twice. And guess what? In Birkas Konim, the word panov also appears twice. Why do we add it any time we have leaning also? No. Tanis we have Tanis Kibur. That's what it's the, I know, it's a minigir. By the way, minigir slime also. Why? I have no idea. Oh, I, I overheard something. I know, I know. Once. Huh? Because it's something to do with. Part of laning associates with Sim Shalom also. Oh, yeah? Yeah. Could I be. Like I to... Could be. But wherever you had, the compromise was wherever you had Birkas Konim, they would put in um, Sim Shalom. Okay? And, um, okay, um, for example, uh, Atta Kodosh. Atta Kodosh and Ludover Dor. Or Atta Kodosh and Kodosh Atta Rosh Shemacha. That we use on Rosh Hashanah Kippur, okay? All that those were Midgaris Yisrael. Kodesh Tavinu Rosh Shemecha, Midgaris Yisrael. The Dor V'Dor was also a Midgaris Yisrael, okay? So and at the Kodesh, Kodesh Tavinu Rosh Shemecha said every day. Yeah. The whole thing. No, just Kodesh Tavinu Rosh Shemecha. Simple. And it's funny that. Uh, it's Rosh Hashanah Kippur, right? The Chasimah is going to be Hamelach HaKadosh, right? And we say, Kakosov Yigba Hashem Tzumkos Vashpratu HaKel HaKadosh Niktash B'Tzlaka Right? Mm-hmm. Right there you say HaKel HaKadosh, right? Why wouldn't you finish Hamelach HaKadosh, right? Or find the Pasuk that has Hamelach, right? Right? The answer is because that was a compromise. They had, and I'll tell you next week why they had to have a compromise Bechlal. Okay, why today we 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 have a seder hatfila, which is a compromise of both. Hamachzish chenosal tzion minig bavel shalos chalavad chbiyur navod minig eretz yisrael. Okay, that what they decided. Yontef will say shalos chalavad chbiyur navod, or uh, yeah, in general, Yontef when you do can say shalos chalavad chbiyur navod because that's part of the avoda, right? A duchning is one. I know, I know, I know, I know. Even though we're doing, even though we're doing, I know, I know, I know, I know. You're right, but that that was the the, the compromise. The compromise, no compromise is perfect. 
Okay. Well, I don't know if they necessarily do in both Shachos and Musaf. They did. Mm-hmm. Yeah. In Eretz Yisrael. Yeah, 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 for sure. Sure, for sure. That's why we do. Oh, absolutely. It's the okay. That stopped. Mm-hmm. Okay. Let me give you an introduction, Amir Shem, to next week. Okay. So what happened is that during the fifth and the sixth centuries, okay, there were terrible, terrible gazeros in Eretz Yisrael. The Roman Empire was bifurcated into the Roman side and the Byzantine side. Um, uh, that happened a little after Constantine, okay? And the Byzantine side was controlling Eretz Yisrael, and they were very, very, very difficult. And they made a lot of gazeros against the Jews. As a result of that, many people left Eretz Yisrael. And that is the reason why the Talmud Yerushalmi is so difficult and so problematic. The Girsos in the Talmud Yerushalmi are so difficult to come by. And the language of the Talmud Yerushalmi is very, very complicated. It's, it, it's, it, it's, um, uh, it, it's inscrutable, almost inscrutable, the language of the Talmud Yerushalmi. And that's why the Talmud Yerushalmi, we don't have it on all the Masechtas, only on some. Okay, the reason is because it was, it, it was just cut off. Okay, the um, intellectual activity in, in uh, Eretz Yisrael was really, really, really cut off fairly quickly during the 5th and 6th centuries. And we were left only with part of the Talmud, Talmud Yerushalmi, whereas the Talmud Babli is much more extensive. The words are easier to understand. Talmud Babli was edited. Talmud Yerushalmi was not. Edited, okay? Edited by Ravashi and Ravina. They edited the whole Talmud Bavli. What goes in, what goes out? How do we express this and how do we express that? Okay? Whereas Talmud Yerushalmi never went through that, and that's why it's so difficult to learn Talmud Yerushalmi. Okay? So, um, uh, 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 also, one of the main gazeros at that time was a gazero against Droshos. So, the Droshos on Shabbos in Eretz Yisrael were a major part of the dominating. Why? Laning was one-third as long. One-third as long. So even you add Targum, right? It's still pretty short, okay? So what do you do? What do you do? You put in Drashos. The Rav gave a Drasha, a real long Drasha with all kinds of Midrashim and everything else in there, Halachos and Midrashim, and people would listen and they had time on Shabbos to spend in Shul and to learn some Torah. Okay, there was a gazero against the drushas. How do we know this? We know this because in the 8th century, there was a Talmud Chacham whose name was Firkoi ben Baboy. Firkoi ben Baboy wrote a letter um, to, the, uh, to the Jews of Spain. And over there he said that in Eretz Yisrael they had terrible gazeros and they outlawed drushas. What did the Eden do? Found a way around it, obviously. Right? Mm-hmm. Okay? What did they do? Very simple. Yeah. They put all the Drushas into Piotim. Everybody put Drushas into a Piot. Siluk. Huh? Siluk. And they said, hey, this is part of our prayer ritual. Oh, it's prayer? Fine, no problem. Go ahead. Enjoy yourselves. Right? As long as you're not learning Torah. Right? But it was Torah. That's exactly what it was. And so... The great Pythonim of Eretz Yisrael 
That's the way they distinguished themselves by writing piyutim. Okay? And there was a uh, python called Yanai, Rabbi Yanai. Okay? Maybe he was, maybe he wasn't the Rabbi Yanai that was listed in the Gemara. Uh, don't know. I really don't know. Um, and the fact that he spelled his name Yud Nun Yud Yud, that's irrelevant because in Eretz Yisrael, that's the way they spelled Yanai. Okay? In Talmud Bavli, Rabbi Yanai is referred, uh, referred to as Yun, Yud Nun Aleph Yud. Okay? Whereas in the Talmud Yerushalmi, the same person is spelled Yud Nun Yud Yud. Okay? He definitely lived in Eretz Yisrael his whole life, Rabbi Yanai. And, um, but I'm not sure that it, it, this was the same python. I don't know. I don't I have no idea. Okay? But this python, Rabbi Yanai, distinguished himself by writing a piyut, a set of piyutim, for every single one of the 150, 160 lanings, Kriyas Torah, that they had in Eretz Yisrael. Every single one. Okay? How do we know? Because centuries later, 400 years later, 500 years later, okay, Rav Sa'adyagon said, Yanai was a fantastic python. He wrote a piyot for every single kol seder v'seder. Every single seder he wrote a piyot for. Okay? How much was extant? We still say one of them. It's all extant now. We all found, we found, found them. them all? Yeah. We still say one. By Which one do we say? By Musaf? No. No? The no. little short ones before Ladar Vador? No. No? Okay, Yeah. No. No, that was written by Rabbi Rachasid. Oh. You're mm-hmm. talking about a thousand years later. Okay. Uh, not a thousand years, eight, eight nine hundred years later. Shabbos Hagarol. One Pitre Rachmasayim. Okay? That piyut, Shabbos Hagarol, which has the famous Vayhiba Chatziah Laila. Okay? That piyut was originally written by Rabbi Yanai for use in Parshas Bo on the section where they read by Hiba Chatzia Laila. Okay? Parshas Bo was divided into three parts like every other Parsha. Do they call different Parshas? Or do they call it Bo and Bo 1, Bo 2? No. no, 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 no. They call it different Parshas. Say, say, say the Say the Vahiba. This is called... Is, is huh? The way we call it's Parshas totally is very right. recent. Yeah, very recent. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. This is Seder, it's called Seder by Hiba mm-hmm. Okay? And we still have it. Okay? And this was Odi Pitra Achmasayim, which in our Kehillah we still use on Shabbos Hagarol. Other Kehillahs, but in Poland, use a different Krovos uh, for Shabbos Hagarol. But we still use that Odi Pitra Achmasayim for Shabbos Hagarol. Okay? Uh, obviously, not including the Piyut Halacha. There's a uh, rather long Piyut Halacha, which was written by somebody else. Okay, who? I have no idea. It's a summary of in the old Hilchus Pesach. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah, we did that one. Yeah, we learned it. Okay, so that was the, that, that's the Piyat Halacha, but the, uh, in, on Shabbos Bowl, that's the only one that we still have that's still recited. But we have it in, in, in uh, well, it's been printed already. It was discovered. In the uh, in the Geniza, they discovered all the whole series, 160, 170 piyutim that were written by Rabbi Yanai for each of the various different Shabbosos, Okay, because those supplanted the Drushos. the drushos, right? And then Rabbi Lazar Kalir was his student. 
Okay? Was his Talmud. Yeah, it says Rabbi Yanai. was the Talmud of Rabbi Yanai. Okay? That Rabbi Ephraim Mibuna tells us. Okay? And what happened? Rabbi Elozakalir found areas where Rabbi Yanai didn't cover. Which were they? There were Yom Tovim, there were special Shabbosos, Arba Pashios, Hanukkah, Purim, etc., etc. So he got lucky. He wrote the Piyutim for them. But I assume the Arab parshas in their in their correct orientation were probably the parsha of that week. Mm. Um, that that's an assumption that's not necessarily borne out. No, it's no. small. No, no, no. small. No, no, no. Can't be true. Think about it. If it takes three Gemara, years to finish the parsha, guys, guys. The Gemara already I'll says which parsha has to be read which week and Okay, so this, there is a machlokes. There's a machlokes in the Gemara, and obviously there were different minhagim. Do and the Gemara Megillah says, "Do we break? Do we break for?" I wasn't prepared to talk about this, so um, I, 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 my memory may not be exact 100. percent But do we break for the Dalit Parshios or not? And if we break, then we go back to the regular um, uh, order, right? So the question: What do we do? We break for the Dalit Parshios? What do you mean? We don't break for no Dal Parshas, right? Yeah, we break. So some people say we break for the Haftorah. We change the Haftorah. It's not the same Haftorah that we would ordinarily say during that laning. Ain't so. The answer is, in those days, right, they would break the ordinary laning for Dal Parshas. In other words, on Dal Parshas, they would recite... Um, they had to call up seven Kruim, so maybe they would recite a bigger chunk, okay? But they would recite, um, uh, they would lay in, I'm sorry, they would lay in the, um, the, it's a Gmar Megillah, um, uh, 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 last parak. Um, uh, they would recite, they would lay in their normal laying, Shabbos Golim, they would put in Parshish Kisisa. How much of it? I guess a few pieces, so that they would have 21 Pesukim to call up the uh, seven Kruim. They wouldn't repeat? I don't know. I'm just speculating. I know that in, in today, for example, the, by the Syrian men, they, they go like little snippets together, right? You right. Have, you have a, dr- a drush or whatever, you have a, a happenstance, a story that happened, right. they read the whole story together, and then Aliyah stops after the story finishes. Yeah, right. So we're, we're very yeah. similar to that in the way we break up our, our Aliyahs also. Well, kind of, in certain, certain places. No, that, no I shocker, know, you're, referring to, you're referring to Shabbat Zohar? No, I'm referring to Bechlal every, every day of the week by the Syrians. I've gotten a few times by them. They broke up the, the laning based on the stories in the parsha. I've gotten them bet, uh, what do they call it, in, in Brooklyn, the big yeah. shul. And they, if you look at the way they broke up the laning, it's slightly different than what you see yeah. in the start. Okay. And then basically I asked the guy, like, what are they doing? Like, they break it up by the story. Uh-huh. Their minhag. So my question is, did they do that then, or did they pick 21 psukim and go? Did they repeat uh, something? I don't know. They, they might have repeated. It's entirely possible that they repeated. There's no way to know okay? We don't know, okay? But when the Gemara asks, do you break for Dalat Parashios? Okay, that's the question. Because in Eretz Yisrael, they for sure broke for the Dalat Parashios, okay? So my question is, if that's, they broke for the Dalat Parashios, why did Yanai not write? Uh, right, that was my question. Way? If they broke for the Dalat Parashios, one of those things, why did Yanai not have I don't a know, maybe they didn't get around to it. Maybe they just didn't get around to it. He wrote for the, he wrote for those It's a standard that every single year has Dalat no. Parashios. Every single year has Dal Parshas, but right. not, they don't come out exactly the same time. Oh, that's, yeah. Yeah, yeah, but I still, mean, they came out at the same time of the year, that begs right? the question. Dal Parshas is something that Rabbi Yane would have to go through every single year. Great question. I don't have an answer. I don't have an answer. Okay. So okay. Rabbi filled yeah. in all the, uh, all the Yeah, days. he did. He filled in all the others that, were, that Rabbi Yane didn't cover. 
Okay? Or maybe Rabbiana did cover. We don't have him. And, and, um, Unlikely that we don't have them. Maybe we maybe we don't have them. But it's also know. it's also if that's the case, then every single rav would have the right to make his own pia, his own drasha. They did, right? So Rabbi Elazar could have come up with drushas. Oh, sure. That he was only not not necessarily only good enough, but his only issue or thing that he wanted to bring out was by various different yom tovim, as opposed to yeah, no, who brought out by everything and or. By well, no, he, he, but every pasha he would include all the drushas which were pertinent to that pasha. Etc. Etc. And also, he had a section on the haftorah. Mm-hmm. Okay, each parsha had its own haftorah. Okay, mm-hmm. and he had a section which referred to the haftorah as well. Okay, mm-hmm. which was a pythonic section on the haftorah. Okay, Drush- so that's when we have when we're doing a, a, a pia, then we have in the pia that brings out a piece from from navi. Right. That's that, that's from the haftorah of that week of that week or that um, item. I know that a lot of the words are brought very up in the often, VM all over Very the place. often, very often, very often. Is there often any way nobody. to actually identify which? Yes. Which? which yeah. Haftar yeah. Absolutely. Is the week of that deal? Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Interesting. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. 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 You found it? Well, yeah, of course. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Right there. No, no, I'm talking about do we break for the Dal Pashios? Okay. Yeah. Right. Right. That's what it means. That's what it means. Do we break for Dalapaisos? Do we stop the order of the of the regular Shabbosos? And do we intersperse the Dalapaisos? Or do we just leave it as a as a uh, uh, maftir? So later so, Paitanim, they came around, they continued the idea of the drasha? Or are they just, what are they no, based on? The, 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 the piyut is the drasha. I'm saying all of Paitanim from that point forward, or effectively all piyutim, from Yanai down, which means all Putin effectively, were, were just based as a Russia. Right. But later on, obviously the Xero went away, and they reinstituted Russias. Okay? Correct. So they had Russias and Putin. And the Putin continued to be made. Yeah. But at that point, what did they change to be based off of? Halacha or... No, no. Putin continued to be made. As dr- okay. Based off of like an idea of a Russia or... Uh, yeah. Well... I mean, what what is a piyut? A piyut is a poetic expression of midrashim. Mm-hmm. That's our our Ashkenazi piyutim, unlike the Sephardi piyutim, which are a little different. Okay, mm-hmm. which more are faithful to the psukim. Okay, and, and more faithful to the language. Right, mm-hmm. ours are more faithful to the drash, the the, the, the drashos that we find. Mm-hmm. Okay, so what is it other than a drasha in poetry? Okay, and that continued. That continued until, until the, the, the until the twelfth century. They continued on writing Rabbi Yosef Tuvelam. Rabbi Yosef Tuvelam was a twelfth century, well, eleventh century. I'm sorry, mm-hmm. Rabbi Yosef Tuvelam was eleventh century. But there were twelfth century um, uh, uh, Ravan, Rabbi Shimon Agarol, right? Okay, Rashi. Okay, they were on the cusp of eleventh, twelfth century. Okay. Uh, okay, uh, really 11th century, but but um, uh, they were all writing piyutim in the same style as Rabbi Lazar Kalir. Mm-hmm. Okay, same style, exactly the same style. Yeah, yeah. Uh, what is there a real difference between the piyut of the second day of Rosh Hashanah and the first day of Rosh Hashanah? Not really, not really. Okay, first day of Rosh Hashanah was Rabbi Lazar Kalir. Second day of Rosh Hashanah Shakras was Rabbi Shimon Agorol. Rabbi Shimon Agorol is 11th century. Very, very, the 11th century. Okay. We'll continue, Ms. Shem, next week. Yeah. Ellie. Got it? Yes. Very, yeah. very simple. Black and white. The only question I have is, is Eretz Yisrael, Midhog, they cite to the Gemara, some people continued every day, 
In other words, you lay ten psukim on Monday, you lay the next ten psukim on Thursday, and then next, on Shabbos no. you lay, and then by midday no. you lay the next ten psukim. No, I don't think so. I think the land of... No, the, the Gemara says that some people did that. That was Eretz Yisrael, or no? I don't remember that. I don't remember such a Gemara. That doesn't mean it doesn't exist, that's for sure. Uh, no, not for that <laughs> but if you can find that, I'd appreciate it. Thank you, but uh, no, I don't recall such a Gemara. I do not recall so such a Buna, is that from Bon? Bon, yeah, bon. yeah. Ir Buno, Buno. Yeah, he wrote, he wrote, um, Bris Olam. Mm-hmm. Right? The famous Bris Olam. He wrote it. Yaki version. Not the Polish version. No, Bris Olam. The only one version of Bris Olam. What the fun for by because I'm Muslim from uh, Bris Olam. Right, 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 right. Yeah. yeah. So we have Rahman's are different. Yeah, yeah, the Rahman. He wrote the Rahman's too. Right, with the yeah. ones where. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 Y